0: Good morning. As the panelists are uh, getting seated, I am uh, John Imhoff. I'm a shareholder in the law firm of Vetter Price, uh, with offices in Singapore, London, and across the US. I do maritime finance. Um, The banking uh, ship finance has been a very challenging time. For, for ship finance since the financial crisis 10 years ago, there have been new entrants, including Chinese leasing companies, who've come in to pick up some of the um, uh, bank lending that's uh, faded away. Uh, also, private equity backed leasing companies and private equity have come in, and a lot of lenders spent the first three or four years of the financial after the financial crisis uh, kicking the can down the road and amending and extending. Um, we've seen some banks withdraw. We've seen some private equity investors now limiting their investment after fatigue and getting their fingers burned or the usual, usual descriptions. Um, and the Chinese leasing companies and other leasing companies rushing in to fill the void. Some of the banks have been selling their um, shipping and offshore loan portfolios. But more recently, banks have been coming back into the sector, clearly returning new banks, entering for the first time. At the same time, the shipping industry, as we've seen, is facing new and enormous challenges that it did not exist five years ago. So with the banks and leasing companies still still representing the bulk of the financing available for shipping and offshore, we have here some of the the, uh, uh, most distinguished panelists from some of those very important shipping lenders and leasing companies. Um, to my left is Lu uh, Zhendong uh, uh, from uh, uh, Bank of Communications Financial Leasing, Deputy Head of Shipping Finance. To his left is Shiraz Chipokadi, who is Managing Director, Global Shipping Logistics and Offshore at Citigroup. To his left is Tor Hansen, who's Managing Director and Head of Private placements and loan syndication at DNB Markets. Uh, to his left is Martijn Van Thiel uh, of uh, DV, DVB Bank uh, Managing Director Shipping Finance Western Hemisphere and to his left is Bill Gao Executive Director ICBC Financial Leasing. So first I thought we would begin by kind of surveying the field and what you've seen happening. What, how would you all describe the state of the shipping finance market these days? Maybe I can begin with you, Zhendong, what do you think? Uh,
1: for the current uh, shipping finance market, and uh, in my view, uh, it is still uh, on the way to recover. And after the uh, financial crisis and uh, the uh, latest uh, financial crisis and uh, European uh, traditional lending, Lender uh, had uh, scaled back and uh, uh, even quit a little bit uh, uh, market, <coughs> and the Chinese leasing company uh, has just uh, largely filled that gap up. And so far, according to uh, all our calculations, and in 2018, and the Chinese lenders, including leasing house, uh, has already account for about the 20 percentage of the what the total Jordan uh, shipping finance so that is the current stage
0: okay bill you had you had last year you said it was around 15 percent do you do you agree with zhendong is it up
2: thanks john and uh, to and uh push the question to me yeah i still recall the last year and uh, thanks for, uh, again, thanks for the sex food again sex invitation by capital inc it's my great honor to come back again yeah i recall the last year i said about 15 percent of market share and taken by the China leasing house, and uh, in 2017. So and also based uh, based on my friend and Zheng uh, and the new figure, which I also agree on. So actually, the figure has been increased. So and the, from the China leasing house, also plus some of the say the policy banks by Chinese and the government support. So the ratio has been increased to 20%, which has been included uh, some of ships built by the leasing house directly by themselves. So the figure may be a little higher even. So agree, the, agree on the figure okay. shared by the
0: <laughs> And Martin, from the position of a lender uh, and, and, and a, a long-term lender into the shipping community, what is your view of the markets these days?
3: Uh, I, think, I think the ship finance markets are, are reasonably healthy. Uh, uh, thanks to performance of our, our clients, uh, shipping markets are doing reasonably well. Uh, and, and that's where it all starts. Uh, there's, there's plenty financing available. Uh, not, not from so much from the traditional sources, which were f- you know, uh, the cheaper ones. So uh, financing comes in, in many shapes and forms these days and at, uh, at different prices. But, but I, I don't see any ships that are not being financed. Uh, they're just being financed at higher cost. Gotcha. Yeah? Tori, you are.
0: Can you uh, can you add and, and maybe tell us a little bit about what you think the banks have learned from from the experience over the last ten years?
4: Oh, thanks for that little extra twist. <laughs> um, so, uh, Martin, I think uh, made a uh, a good uh, assessment and of the fairness of the finance market. Uh, I can't say that I disagree with that, uh, considering the market has uh, performed again reasonably well. Um, but to your point, John, I think the 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 challenge that banks are facing these days is much more of a sort of market fatigue uh, than anything else. Uh, I have the uh, luxury of following both the, the offshore and the shipping maritime market and you know, the, uh, there's always been a fair amount of overlap in that uh, space uh, when the shipping markets uh, went to a, a you know, deep dive at the end of the 2008, 9, uh, 10 period of following the financial crisis, a lot of those banks went into offshore. And then uh, with the sort of late 14 collapse of the offshore market, uh, there was nowhere to go, really. It was uh, the markets which was down all around. And we're now in the, I want to say, four plus, maybe five-ish years into that uh, uh, dynamic where no market has been the safe market. Uh, So, uh, you know, again, yeah, there's uh, healthy banks uh, following a lot of recapitalization. Uh, A lot of the the solid uh, companies, whether private or public, uh, are still, you know, performing again reasonably well. But uh, I think we're starting to uh, sort of come up to the end of the line, and it's really going to come down to who uh, are the best defensive, uh, you know, bank uh, out there. If there's any (laughs) lessons to be learned, uh, there's really to... um, have an excellent dialogue with your clients Uh, early dialogue if if things are not shaking out the way that they should Um, you know more expensive financing is not necessarily always the answer Uh, i would hope and trust that people realize the value of of putting in equity and raising equity when if and when they can Uh, so uh, yeah it's a reasonably well functioning financing market but we're in desperate need of uh, a more sort of um, a solid recovery in, in markets on a broad uh, scale, I would say.
0: And Shreyas, do you, do you agree uh, or are there bigger factors at work? Uh, uh, Basel Four regulation coming down in two years, um, going to make lending difficult, more expensive. What other, what other factors are there besides fatigue?
5: Yeah, th- thanks, John. I, uh, look, I, first of all, I want to say, Tori, where I think you were being cynical when you said the luxury of covering the offshore market. I mean, my God first time i've heard that um but yes uh, capital costs are going to go up because of ball and mm-hmm. and and that essentially means that the little nascent recovery we've seen in terms of european banks coming in um s- cautiously back into the shipping lending market over the last sort of 18 months i think that might be put back into question um we need them, we need them to come in, because the, the, the transactions that are going to happen, there is still some consolidation left to do in the tanker market and in the container shipping market. Um, Dryball Citigroup doesn't really play much of a role on the lending side, but for those two markets, certainly there is some consolidation. And we will need capital to come in and help with that. So uh, that, is, that does not bode well in terms of higher capital costs. Uh, margins generally uh, still remain compressed, um, I think people are, are overall uh, still reluctant to price capital at the levels at which it should be priced. It's not um, um, in any way um, a reflection of the competence of my banking colleagues, but it's just uh, the way that, as were put it, you know, listening to clients and making sure that cash flows and, and collateral um, uh, actually uh, uh, make sense to lend against. Uh, so for us, I think the, the headline really is um, things are looking better, but with higher capital costs in the offing, it could be a little bit more challenging in about a couple of years' time.
0: And, and how has how your approach to lending changed over the last four or five years as you've seen the market develop as it has? Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, treyas um, our approach has, I mean,
5: for Citigroup, and uh, it's, it's been pretty standard, which is that we look at the shipping industry as part of the global logistics space. Um, it is really the business of moving things from A to B, uh, making sure that when we have um, clients who are borrowing from us, uh, these are large, global, sophisticated clients who are able to use the Citigroup machinery in 100-plus countries. That's how we make money. Uh, so just lending for yield is not our business uh, we we definitely like uh, larger clients and we have stuck with that with that um, particular strategy uh, over the years that has
0: not changed. Okay, Martine, do you uh, does, does DVB follow the same kind of approach or is yours
3: different? Um, I think the question was is how, how has it changed our, our behavior in, in the lending space? Uh, it's a little bit uh, once bitten twice shy um, we, we, we were, uh, by our DNA, we're more of a, an asset financier with trusted clients than, than we are a, 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 a balance sheet bank. Um, we, we haven't changed, but we're a little bit more careful. Uh, uh, that being said, we, we, we still do plenty, plenty of business because that, that middle space of owners is, is wide and deep. Um, and, and we're, we're very happy uh, doing deal-making in there, but we need the markets to, uh, to stay where they are and not, not get worse, and then, then, then we in our uh, in our happy space. And, and for,
0: the, for the finance lessors, this has been a tremendous opportunity. Uh, obviously, you've had quite a run. Are you experiencing any of the same concerns that the lenders uh, are expressing, the, the banks are expressing, and how has that changed what you do uh, it, it,
2: uh, you know as a, as a finance lessor yeah I do and uh, in compare maybe in the four or five years ago I think uh, because China leasing suddenly raised up I think uh, I say you know especially for those I would say the asset base the heavy asset for example like ships might be easier to get than the higher leverage from China leasing house so I think maybe this kind of the motivation for lots of uh, international ship owners Try to go to China, Beijing or Shanghai, to looking for the alternative, website the fin- financing resources in China by using the leasing house, and uh, of course for I would say the working capital, some of the short term and uh, the funding, they still go to the traditional, say the shipping banks, uh, you know, to sort out the problem, and um, but I would say for this and the asset base, the shipping asset, they could try to do this and. Uh, back to four years ago, when the China leasing in general tried to go to the China international market, uh, we did offer very high leverage, some even close to 100%. If uh, some, you know, some have the chance to talk with us. I think right now we are, uh, you know, try to learn from the European and uh, the banks and try to control our risk or so to lower our leverage. So now it's much more, I would say, a little higher. You no, know, we try to benchmark with the European or, I would say, the Western banks, not too high, but not, not still keep our competitive. Well, the shipping finance
0: yeah I, I think the last uh, uh, financial lease I saw come out of a, a Chinese less uh, leasing house which not represented on the panel was around 8five percent and uh, with an implicit rate when I plugged it into a reverse calculator of around five and seven eight percent are those days are those days gone or uh, are, are, are they ever come back
2: um, I can't just give you the direct answer right now because it's uh, very commercial and uh, sensitive. But I would say, and, uh, it's, uh, as I said, we are very benchmarked with, the, say, the Western banks. If the Western bank provides 80%, we have to provide 85%, right? Okay. So and, uh, this kind of the, you know, the game, we always play around. So it's very hard to give you the, but also it's based on the asset, mm-hmm. the segmentation, Drybox, AMG, you know, Tanker. They all get a different say, the percentage of the fund funding.
0: And in is that the sort of the experience of bocom financial leasing, or you have a different perspective
1: and if the the risk is well controlled, so the high leverage solution uh, to the shipping market is still uh, widely available, uh, provided by Chinese leasing house, I, I believe and uh, so regarding to the pricing and uh, i'm thinking that the strategy that uh, chinese leasing industry uh, taken is to is going for first layer clients and that is the request requi- uh, request by the market so uh, uh so I, I do believe and uh, uh, we, we will still be uh, very competitive because and uh, uh, according to my observations and. Uh, uh, from the the deal that made by the Chinese leasing fund in 2018, the pricing range is around five to six percentage. And if uh, uh, the sector is uh, providing a stable cash flow in, uh, I mean the forecast. So, so uh, I'm still thinking. And uh, uh, the 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 funds uh, uh, coming from China, particularly from the leasing house, is is limited to the first year uh, market only. That Th- that is why and the uh, high leverage and uh, with a uh, uh, little uh, premium on pricing
0: so so uh, and when you say first tier what without naming names i mean what uh, kind of uh, what do you look for in in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in a charterer uh,
1: sector leaders and of different markets uh, what be our target market for instance and that we have a, a, a pr- providing our facilities to to top five liner companies and also uh, some very much an important uh, participants in in supplying oil uh, gas and to uh, to the market that is all our uh, target market. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, uh, also and we, we were looking at uh, uh, some opportunities coming from the trades from U.S. to China. They will be huge and, uh, transportation if uh, the trade dispute will be settled soon. So we get, and uh, if the COA uh, uh, be uh, materialized, or uh, if the cash flow, and uh, what I want to say is cash flow is uh, is clear, uh, be secured, then and we are thinking, uh, this part of uh, business will be first first tier business and first tier uh, client base.
0: Got it. Good. And going back to the lenders. uh, Tell me, uh, Sh- Shreyas, what, uh, how, how does, wh- what is Citibank's target client? What, what is an ideal client uh, uh, for for Citibank? Is it a big multinational um, uh, public company that can tick all the right boxes at, at Citigroup? Or uh, t- tell us a little about what you, what you look for in in, uh, in your borrowers and your and your customers. Sure. Um, yeah, for us, a, a larger
5: uh, global client, whether it's public or private, doesn't matter, but a large global client um, is is the ideal client. And, and the reason is simple. I mean, we, we would like them to use uh, cash management derivatives, FX, um, you know, uh, capital markets when the time comes, uh, all, of those, all of those products, we would like them to use those. So that is the, uh, the driving element. But also, I think there is, you know, based on what Zhendong just said, there is a, a drive that these top-tier clients are all getting a lot of attention from the same banks in the industry, so that it's driving pricing down, and so then that puts again in a vicious cycle, it puts pressure on returns that the banks can make, and then then the banks then start all of them start cannibalizing the same wallet in terms of what the what that company can do, so so this obviously creates opportunities for the alternative lenders out there and 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 the deep middle market that Martin referred to earlier, uh, that's great for them. But I think from a city perspective and for larger banks and to some extent what Jinnong is saying, um, it's a challenge. So, so, and also the other thing to remember is that within larger banks, uh, the shipping, logistics, offshore, cruise uh, sector, these are all, even in aggregate, very small part of the overall bank's balance sheet. Mm. Uh, So these sectors are competing for attention internally in, in large banks for that capital.
0: Uh, so unless they demonstrate returns, they will not get approved.
4: Mm.
0: And, and Tor Ivar, <laughs> do you agree with, is the DMB markets approach similar or is it different?
4: Yeah, no, I, th- I think uh, Shrey has put it uh, very well and although DNB is not as big of an institution as Citibank, um, it's, uh, it's uh, again, it's no... Um, Nothing against private owners at all. I mean, we have some really good uh, private companies in our portfolio, and I think private owners with their history and their commitment to the industry is, I think, why this industry is as great as it is. But as a bank, the the unfortunate uh, reality is that we are very much dependent on being able to uh, generate uh, sufficient returns from a relationship, and that, uh, again, lends itself much more uh, pun intended to a public company with access to public debt, uh, public equity, and more sort of uh, a, a broader uh, spectrum of products. Uh, that that's the reality. And uh, and you asked earlier how the D- sorry, banks maybe have changed over the past 10 years. And I would say that's probably the one thing that DNB has uh, invested uh, most of its time and focus on is really to become a better bank for its cl- clients and um, with a broader spectrum of products.
0: And, and Martijn, the uh, DVB has got a slightly
3: different approach, I would think. Or uh that is <coughs> obviously that's a function of the, the space to the right of me being uh, crowded, competitive, and and with with guys that are uh, have the ability to price uh, uh, lower than than we can with our uh, capital uh, and, and funding base. So our natural uh, uh, place on on the spectrum is, is, you know, towards the the higher margins. I always joke with the last stop before the desert starts with all the alternative lenders. Um, uh, And we try to to find owners, a little bit of a cheesy answer, but, you know, that we can add value to. Uh, There's there's a lot of owners that, you know, have been banking with us for, uh, uh, for many years, grow big, and then Grow bigger than you know what uh, what we can offer them, uh, and we, we always look for for the next you know company that that is ambitious can grow. Um, it's a little bit more tailor made, a little bit more uh, uh, daring maybe, but that's that's how we need to earn and prove we can earn you know better margin.
0: Good, Good. and to turn the, the question I asked Gen Dong around. We asked you what, uh, what you look for in a, in a charterer. I'll ask Bill, what, charters, what do charterers see in financial leasing that they don't see in, in pure debt or lending from, from banks? What is it that draws them to financial leasing? Is it the high advance rates or is it something else?
2: You know, we have we have to sometimes face a different, the charter party. So one side, maybe the purely, I would say, the technology provider, the traditional shipping, shipping company, and on the other hand, there are some of the, you know, challenging part actually, is the car owner, the oil company, maybe the mining company, they used to, and uh, work with, um, you know, the traditional European and Amer- American shipping company. Now they approach the listing house, uh, why not just play like the, you know, the traditional shipping company and buy the ship and the charter to us. So from that perspective, back to John's question, right now we have a you know to we have to do the internal evaluation. So who is our real customers? Should we continue like the financier to working with the shipping company, or we maybe and also involving some of the let's say the car owners' requirement, try to become like the shipping company serving some of the let's say their requirement as well. So and um, I think I think right now we we still want to play maybe the safe way so we are maybe and try a little bit of percentage to provide we call this operation leasing which means and you know, we 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 buy some new ships and offer to some mining company and uh, oil company to do the operating leasing to give them you know our ships but on the other hand we still you know play like the traditional financer again but to leave the higher leverage and uh, with the competitive rate to finance those and uh, the traditional shipping company so that's the end we are doing with different uh, requirement for the Charter Party. Got it, got it.
0: And, and Zendong, do you have anything to add?
1: Uh, I agree with uh, Bill. Uh, uh, the only thing we are looking at is the, where's the transportation? Where's the real demands for the transportation? And when we realize that the Charter, and if they uh, uh, do the transportation by themselves and they, they have the cargo to be transported, then we are going to to support uh, uh, the reasonable uh, project if uh, uh, we are able to provide the right uh, uh, tonnage to them. So uh, so I- I'm thinking it's, it's st- uh, the market is changing, so the charter and also uh, the cargo owner, they have become a force and to, to, to borrow the money from the leasing house. So uh, uh, I think uh, uh, we, we need to stick to, to the real transportation.
0: Let's look forward now a little bit and see where we're going in, in shipping finance and offshore finance. Um, <coughs> Shreyas, where do you think the challenges are ahead for, for finance in, in, the, in the shipping and offshore sector?
5: So the, the core challenge is, is going to be returns and growth, um, and that's at, at the top, top level of any bank. But for our industry and for lending in shipping finance, that's, that's the core challenge. So the way to address that, and I think the the um, uh, steps are already beginning to be seen, the way to address that is which bank can actually be a partner to our clients in creating the ecosystems that we've been hearing about all morning. Uh, the ecosystems begin with partnerships, and there are already a number of partnerships that are taking place, uh, whether it's uh, Maersk and IBM, or whether it's uh, Nakilat and uh, Moran, You can find any number of JVs and alliances within the container shipping business that that speak to that But who is the bank that can bring in you know connect the gas molecule? To the LNG ship to the power plant to the electricity storage grid to the electric vehicle fleet And then how do you use the data that arises from that to make sense out of? uh, Out of all of this these flows and then monetize that and how can you as a bank create trade finance securitization products around that that is the, the, the challenge of the future. And um, the banks that can do that
4: are going to win.
0: Tor, do you agree? <clears throat> uh,
4: wow, um, that's uh, <laughs> the <Sure>. one. Shreyas, <laughs> sure, I think uh, you've uh, you've taken this uh, further than I had certainly expected it this morning. Um, mm. But uh, the reality is that uh, even at DNB, against being a smaller uh, bank than Citi, we, we have constant dialogue uh, internally, about the uh, access to the data that we're sitting on, and how do we become a better bank for our clients with um, with that intel, if you will? And uh, and I think again, Shreyas put it very well. There's there's a host of information out there, uh, and it's a matter of connecting the dots and 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 being a, a better provider of um, call it solutions, call it products, uh, call it interface. Um, we, at the, again at DMB, there's a lot of focus on this, uh, uh, you know, the fintech industry building up. Uh, people that have some genius idea for a very user friendly app, then uh, in, in Europe at least, now they can uh, source banking products from any bank uh, through an open platform and basically compete with the, the, the established brick and mortar banks uh, for their savings products and, and uh, deposit products. Uh, through uh, phone apps and uh, so w- what is going to be the distinction uh, factor for, for the banks uh, is again what Trace uh, put. I mean, how do we add value to clients uh, with uh, different needs and uh, different challenges going forward whether it's regulatory, environmental or uh, what have you. Um, I'm, uh, I, I totally agree with Trace and uh, uh, the future is here and it's really about uh, how we adapt and, and make it again uh, and also to use a word from Martijn, that be value add to our clients. Yep,
0: Martijn. <laughs> How about DVB? We're, what are the opportunities and challenges
3: ahead for DVB? We're, listen, it, is, it, it goes for everybody on this. There's a, there's a, there's a battle for the balance sheet. Whether, whether, whether you're a bigger bank and you're in a shipping unit, you have to compete for your space on that balance sheet, and you have to show returns that is that's a battle we we fight constantly for our clients providing access for them to a balance sheet dvb is the same we are we're, we're, we're a shipping bank sure but we were part of DZ's balance sheet and and they have their own considerations saying listen uh, are you are you returning enough for us to for that for that to be interesting the the big the biggest threat to the ship owner industry is that uh, 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 our share of, of traditional balance sheets are getting less and less, mm-hmm. so it is finding the is finding the new balance sheets, it's finding other balance sheets, be being uh, intermediator for finding a new balance sheet. That is that is, I think, the challenge. And 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 yes, you get you got fintech banks now that that uh, that come up with the money, and and soon we'll all be working for Amazon because that is going to be the biggest bank. So find me the new balance sheet that is willing to take on this risk and price it accordingly. So would would you team up with alternative finance providers? Do you team up with them? Fantastic. They give 75% to my client and I I do 45% senior in the bank. Great, great new customers. (laughs) I mean, very, very good (laughs) customers.
0: No, I I think they are now part of the established finance. Um, And uh, uh, with that question, let me ask uh, Zhendong, where do you see uh, financial leasing going? We've heard about double-digit growth year-over-year, large amounts of loans going. Will that continue? Can it possibly continue?
1: The growth rate in 2018 is about 5%. So it's a uh, uh, slowing down, and after a uh, three-year average uh, uh, Jordan amount and, uh, uh, of Chinese leasing houses about uh, uh, twelve billion dollars a year, and I guess and, uh, uh, this year and we will st- the industry will keep uh, the same growth rate, and if uh, it is uh, if it happened there will be uh, about uh, thirteen billion dollars uh, going to be. Uh, supply to the shipping market. And uh, uh, the, uh, I, I, I think uh, the structure uh, uh, of this Jordan might be a little bit different. And uh, in 2018, and uh, 29% of the money is going to go the sector, and uh, 21% goes to tanker, and the uh, eight teams go to container, another 21 is going to gas sector. And I, I believe, in, the, uh, in 2019, there will be less money going to dry bulk because then the, uh, the industry uh, has a little bit of cautious about the dry bulk sector. So uh, there will be uh, slowing down, uh, but uh, the the size of the uh, the money uh, that's providing by Chinese leasing houses already not small, and uh, which is a counter. Uh, Account for twenty percent already. So if uh, uh, if uh, the industry can keep this pace and twenty percent, and it's, it's already very difficult to keep, and I, I believe twenty percent and so far uh, will be still uh, figures that uh, the industry needs to consider. Mm. That is.
0: We have a couple minutes for questions from the audience. Any questions?
2: Maybe just one comment from the from my side. So and uh, I just um, try to say that the people feel like we are we're growing very fast, but actually and we, we already try to slow down. But you know the whole shipping portfolio, for example, like ICBC leasing, you know, shipping portfolio take uh, even less than one percent of a whole ICBC bank portfolio, which means that even every year we put in the three billion US dollar into the shipping finance, it's still very small portion compared to the whole ICBC bank. So the, um, the pressure is still on us, we have to put $3 billion into this shipping finance because and uh, you know, there's the bigger and uh, the mother, I would say the bigger portfolio and um, you know, waiting for us to do the comparison. So keep us growing. So I think just forget to that comment.
0: Well, thank you, panelists. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you, Capital Link. It's been a pleasure and uh, hope to see you uh, next year. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Yep.